The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 13, beginning at the 44th verse. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Penny. Well, as I hinted at the beginning, my sermon can be summarised today like this. The main thing is to make the main thing the main thing. A phrase you may have heard me use once before, but which I think memorably captures the heart of what the Christian life is all about. And I'm going to do it by unpacking this wonderful little parable and sharing two things, that the kingdom and the good news of Jesus is hidden treasure. And secondly, that it's worth everything it costs. So my first point then comes from Jesus's opening words. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. The kingdom, that is the thing that we're all deep down longing for. The place we want to be and the people we want to be part of is like treasure. And it's hidden, waiting for us to find it, to take ownership of it and delight in its blessings and joys. And this is a metaphor that has stood the test of time, hasn't it? Because even today, we all love a good treasure story, don't we? For think about the history of children's stories and films and the many famous examples like Treasure Island back a couple of centuries or Pirates of the Caribbean back 20 years or so. And it was certainly an accessible metaphor in Jesus' time as well. For there were no banks. So hiding your wealth, believe it or not, was actually a reasonably sensible course of action. Perhaps not the very best one, but it was certainly something people considered doing. As long, of course, as you didn't forget where you'd hidden it, and no one had seen you burying it either, that you didn't trust. And what's absolutely clear is that with the vast majority of Israel at that time, impoverished, impoverished agricultural laborers, Jesus' listeners would have known exactly how much joy discovering hidden treasure would have brought. For it meant a way out of poverty when no other straightforward way existed. It promised a life transformed, which certainly was something you would sell everything to take hold of. It was the equivalent of a multi-million pound lottery win today. So what is Jesus saying by describing God's kingdom as treasure. He's saying it's rare, or more to the point, unique. He's saying it's found, not earned. And it's been placed there so it can be found. He's saying there's nothing mediocre about it. 
that it's precious, beautiful, wonderful, mind-blowing, priceless. And he's saying it's what we've always wanted, everything we've ever longed for, and everything we will ever need. So what is the treasure? It's God's kingdom, which means anywhere where God reigns. And that means, yes, it's the universal people of God. Yes, it's the new heaven and earth where one day we will dwell with him. But crucially, it's also actually in us as individuals right now, if we've given our lives to Jesus. Because reigning inside us, we have the king himself. And Jesus made that clear in John 14, verse 23, saying, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Which they do through the Holy Spirit, as Jesus explained in his famous conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So are you a Christian? If so, you have that deep wellspring within you. And it offers a continuous supply of living water whenever we dig and, and drink from it and allow it to refresh us and quench our thirst. Something we need to keep doing time and time again. So what is the treasure for us? It's God's presence, his encouragement, his forgiveness, his love, his sustenance, his word, his wisdom, his supernatural power, and yes, eternity with him. And what work does the treasure do in us? It transforms us into a person where God reigns even more powerfully and where we are connecting with him, receiving from him and satisfying all our deepest desires. It's what Jesus was referring to when he both encouraged us and warned us in John 10 verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But let's also heed the warning of that verse. For just as in any treasure-finding story, there are enemies wanting to snatch the treasure away. And we face that in the devil, who wants the king to keep the kingdom from us. How does he do that? Well, he tells us, there is no treasure, or that it's not worth digging for, that it's nothing special, that there is no treasure for you, that you don't deserve it. Or he tries to make you jealous, saying that others have more treasure than you. Or he tempts you after a false treasure, where the material wealth, power, status, popularity, sex, which is a way of him making us work for his treasure, which is a false treasure 
which will never satisfy us. For Satan wants to rob us of all that the kingdom offers. And as well as those things, he tries to get us to forget the treasure that we already have, so we no longer get any benefit from it. Where are you at today? Do you feel dry and empty without excitement of joy or joy about all that God has for you? Many of us will feel like that, but do not despair because hope is there. The treasure is available. And listen now to how the biblical writers instead describe it. For Paul wrote of the incomparable riches of his grace and of a love that surpasses knowledge, adding that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Verses all taken from that gold mine that is Ephesians 3. For God is the God who is always giving treasure. And yet the moment we stop thinking of it as treasure beyond value, beyond cost, that blows our mind away, well, that's the moment we start to be robbed, start to be spiritually neutralized, which is exactly the place Satan wants us to be, where we're no longer a threat to him and where we're missing out on all of God's blessings for us. So if that's you at the moment, Set aside time to meditate, to reflect on that treasure, to wait in God's presence and ask him to renew you once again and then feast once more on the delights of that treasure box and on him who has given you all things. But we also have to do one thing. One thing that the parable warned us, which is to have this treasure, this kingdom, and this joy, we have to sell everything we have. Because the man in the parable had a choice, didn't he? When he found the treasure, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. But he could have said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not willing to. I'm attached to all these other things too much. And to be honest, for each of us too, there are things that we're attached to. And the cost of receiving the treasure God has for us is actually everything we have. No more, no less. Everything else has to go. But I'm sure you're wondering, what does that actually mean? Well, we know it's not exclusively material, in its application because of what Jesus said elsewhere. For example, telling his disciples that whoever wants to be his disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for him and for the gospel will save it. Now, of course, we know that the, some of the early Christians were martyred, and even some people are today. But I don't think that's the literal interpretation that we're meant to take primarily from that passage. Instead, it's about lordship. It's about who calls the shots. Dying to self is saying that all of those other things that we make gods in our life, 
All of those other things that we say, I've got to have, we need to let go of so that we would get, we would receive, and that we would enjoy the one true God and the one thing that we truly need, God himself. When we make the king actually king of our lives and we say that he comes first and everything else finds its place in the light of that. To make the king king of our lives and to let go of anything else that is competing for that lordship, for that domination and for that place in our lives which are the non-negotiables, the things that we say we have to have. Jesus promised, seek first the kingdom and you will have everything else that you need. He said, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. He knows the things that bring joy and peace and excitement and fulfillment and satisfaction and beauty to our lives. But to get it, we say that nothing else matters. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to seek that treasure and sell all that I have. And so I am going to discover the one thing that can transform my life, that can bring all of the joy, satisfy all of my cravings, and bring beautiful things to our lives, and to those that we care for, those that we love, that we might have an impact and leave a legacy that everyone will thank God for. So that's the parable. Are you up for it? Do you want that treasure in your life? Well, let's take a moment now just to reflect. I'm going to pause, leave a little bit of silence. Be honest with God in that time about where you're at. Respond to him in your own personal prayer. And I'll pray for us all together. So a time of silence now. Father God, thank you that you have given us the most wonderful, the most precious and glorious treasure that anything this world offers that far exceeds all we can hope for or imagine. 
Help us to let go of the things that get in the way. Help us to embrace that treasure. Help us to unpack and enjoy and make use of its blessings. And help us to point others to that treasure in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. The band are going to come up now.